Hi, this is Cam Smith, and this is the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia every Sunday. Hope you enjoy the podcast and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website. Oh, here we go. Giving the pop covers a bit of a a run for their money at the beginning of the show. It is the afternoon here at this glorious institution called 3 Triple RFM. And wow, we're still a part of it. Isn't that great? Matt Steadman. Cameron Smith. We're part of it for one more hour this year. Mm. It's our last show. What an hour it shall be. For the year, for the decade. Big thanks to the scientists for their last show. For For the, the decade. For the decade. For the decade. Dr. Crystal's got a Santa hat on. Yeah. It's very festive out there. It is very festive, and there's safety in numbers with those scientists. <laughs> Always. 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 If there's a fight breaking out there, are covered. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> if, uh, if different, uh, shall we say, factions start arguing. Yes. Actually, we haven't seen that. We were talking about that uh, with Kent, about the doctors, mm. um, how there can be some interesting things between... The studies of medicine, I think we're talking about uh, neuroscience and psychology. The competing (laughs) disciplines of medicine. Um, And they were awesome looking back. Yes. Let's see if we can match their awesomeness. Why not? One last time. So, yes, um, uh, from uh, we're going to have Sublime. Yes. Ridiculous. Yes. No, we're going to. It's up gonna, to you to figure out which is which. That's it. We're going to be talking about some weighty issues, um, and then we're going to finish off this whole year with a drink. I think we need one. I think we will. Don't we all? And um, and maybe you might want to join us. Gosh, it's nice to have you along. Yes. I hope your Sundays are going well out there, and we are delighted that uh, you have embraced us and made us a part of your oral Sunday mix. Hmm. Or you might be listening to this on the podcast. It could be. Time shifting. It could be Boxing Day. It could be 2025. Yeah. What's happening in 2025? Does it get better? (laughs) Can you let us know now? Is it better than now? (laughs) Help. Send send a message. God, it almost feels like the Terminator. (laughs) We've just gone into a Terminator thing. Anyway, we're wasting time. 12.04 here on 3 RFM, closer to 12.05. We have got the last um, show for the year. Yes. And uh, we will be, of course, having John, who uh, gives us an interesting market report. It's very busy in the uh, market this just morning. careful with the children. Oh, <laughs> like, yes. I guess I'm probably there's a sort of a language or concept, concept warning. Concept warning. Concept warning. Just, just maybe the kids should go and play in the traffic. It was um, very busy down there this morning. I think people are starting to gear up for Christmas. Bit, bit early to buy your Christmas ingredients Prawns. just yet. Yeah. Prawns, yeah. yeah, yeah. You, can get, you can buy a panettone. That's going to last. Yeah, if you don't need it. That's true. <laughs> Damn it. I need to buy another panettone. <laughs> another one of those. Those things aren't cheap. Uh, yeah, it depends where you go. Oh. I saw a, I saw sort of a medium-sized one for 25 bucks in the market. It's not too bad. Mm, I reckon if you go somewhere like Mediterranean or Syracos, shing, bang. Anyway, yeah. all all good. So, market report with John. Yep. And then we turn around. Do we? Yes. And we face the realities of the world. Oh, yes, we do. We have a drink in our hand. Yes, <laughs> which you kind of need. Which is great. Um, we are honoured to have one of the great wine writers of this country here to join us. Yes. I speak of Max Allen. Yes. Haven't spoken to him for a while. You might have read his um, his columns in The Australian. Gourmet Traveller as well. Thank goodness for that. Mm. Um, great books, The Future Makers, of course. You know what? I've got I, – when I were a younger lad, oh, yeah. I bought one of Max's books to learn about wine. I didn't really know much. And I bought a book called Red and White. Oh, I remember that. And it's a really just good – if you if you at the time like me – Mm. Sort of kind of like the taste of wine, but didn't know much about it. Yeah. A really good primer on all things wine. I wonder if it's still relevant in this changing world. We'll have to ask him. And also he did a, a, a podcast series where he goes through all the regions of Australia, oh. which was great. Anyway, but we are here yes. specifically uh, to talk to him um, about the canary in the coal mine. The fact that yes. um, uh, climate change has been observed and is affecting an industry, a whole industry. Very much so. And how on earth are they going to adapt to this new reality? Mm. 
So they just throw up their hands and go, well, beer's a good idea. No. 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 But if you've, had, if you've had a vine for, geez, even 100 years, say, or if you've inherited one. If you hang about. If, if you've had a vine. If you've had a vine, just yeah. at the back. Well, if someone's given you one. And you've, it's and just you've, like adopt a vine thing. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah well. like a highway. No. Um, <laughs> you've been growing the yeah. same variety on it for 100 years. Mm. You're probably not going to be able to do that for much longer because what you grew on it isn't like the weather that it's, it's now going finding. right it's too hot there's too much sun yep. or whatever anyway yep. we're going to talk to max a serious and sober yes. conversation yes. about that uh and then as we mentioned before we're going to have uh, sebastian rayborn who hopefully is on the big gray ribbon from geelong yes trekking over the west gate heading to the north that is one of the most cheerless drives in Victoria, isn't it? The Geelong-Melbourne <laughs> shuffle on Princess Highway. It is, there's just nothing to recommend it. And then you get to the bridge. <laughs> <laughs> oh, traffic, traffic. Uh, oh, Lord, oh, Lord. You got time, Seb. You'll be fine. Mm. Mm. Uh, yeah, no worries, um, Seb. Oh, Danny Valenta's texting me. We'll... Never take your phone away. It's distracting you. Well, yeah, it give, is. Give me like the teacher. No, give, she, me, give me she, your phone. She wants me to plug something. Hi, Danny. Also, um, <laughs> I, ca- I would like to commend Danny Valant for probably one of the most balanced ah, yes. uh, articles on the controversies regarding paying people let's, fair wages. Let's call it wage, wage theft. theft. Yes, let's call it that. Wage What's that in your wage theft? We got, actually, let me tweet that out if you haven't read it. It was in Good Food a few weeks ago. Yeah, we might. And, you know, an, an issue that's consumed the industry this year mm. pretty much in totality, and, and, you know, and rightly so. I think what what some big Critical mass, yeah. shall we say, I think it, ha- it has reached. And also, dare I say it, I think climate change mm. is another thing that has reached critical mass, and that's why we've got Max on. Mm. Um, I'll read this out from Danny because she's sending me a blatant plug for her things. If you want Cam to read something out now, he's looking at his phone right now, just text him. He hey, Cam! Should have thought of this earlier, but if you have a chance to plug my signature signature dish series, yes. I have three crackers on sale. That doesn't sound like much of a dish, Danny. I think you'd be wanting maybe a piece of bread. No, they're very good, and they make a great Christmas present for that foodie in your life. Sure. Uh, and she's quite right, because she's managed to get three amazing places to, you can be a fly on the wall. In the back of house, and you get to have food as well. So, Leho, Fook, Ides, and Attica. So, that's Danny Valant. Go to dannyvalant.com forward slash shop. Previous events have sold out. Yeah, well, mm. why are you calling me then? <laughs> <laughs> no, Danny does great events. Good on you. Uh, it's 12.09. We should really get a move on. Um, yeah. We will have a giveaway. We will which later is on the show. Very exciting. Later on the show. We have a, a Christmas track music. Yes. Picked by you. <laughs> Curated. Curated by Curated. Cam. Uh, so, come on. Let's get, a, let's get a move on. Sure. So, we're going to uh, pay a little bit of mortgage and then we're going to visit John at the market. Yes, that's right. This. Do it. How do you like the crunch, 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 Cameron? A good way to wake up on a Sunday morning? Who's your friend? Yeah, well, the council changed the machine. They're into this recycling, which is very, very good, but... They went from a cold press to a hot press machine, and it makes a lot of noise and a lot of fumes. Well, I was but saying before I could smell prawns, and you went, that's not prawns, that's styrofoam. And then you went, oh, hang about, no, it's got prawns in it. Yeah, well, they probably munched up the fish boxes. But anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that and fix it, because it's driving me batty. Yeah, okay, we might have to... Oh, yeah. <laughs> but the veggies What's happened to the neighbourhood? <laughs> yeah, but the veggies are not driving me batty, if anything... We're just getting more excited every day because, you know, Joseph and I have been walking around the market and picking up all these beautiful things, some things that we don't normally sell and some things that we always sell, but they've just been magnificent. What do we got? Okay, so in front of us, it's, um, wow, you've really, you've, you've laid out heaps. Let's start with the grapes in the middle. So right. you've got two different types of grapes, Northern Territory still? Um, no, they've moved across to St George and places like that in far north Queensland. Where's St George? Um, up near Roma, which you'll probably say, where's Roma? I know um, where Roma is here. Probably about eight to ten hours uh, north of Brisbane. Yeah, in okay. between, say, Cairns and Brisbane. Gotcha. All right? Yeah. Now, these beautiful grapes, they were picked and packed and shipped, and they are beautiful. This is a modern grape. We've got Menindee seedless, which were developed in Menindee. Uh, is that Victoria, New South? But anyway, mm. uh, they're a white, crunchy grape, juicy as well. 
um, a crunch sweet, not overly sweet like a muscatel. Mm. And then we've got a black one. This is called Midnight Beauty. I like that Midnight. one a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it is. And when you're eating it, you're thinking that it's beautiful because it is nice and juicy and sweet. You get that bang, you really do. And Ooh. the crunch as well. Yeah. And that's what people like these days. And they're both seedless. I miss the seeds. I love a muscatel with a seed. Um, a lot of people don't. A lot of people don't because they can't deal with the seeds. And but, the tannins on the seeds. Yeah, yeah. But it's good for you. Good for yeah. you. All right. So, um, yeah. Now, we got these beautiful mushrooms in a tray. Mm. Yeah. These yeah. came out of Victoria. Um, they're all white oyster. Now, normally we don't sell these exotics. Yes. Um, but I went to my uh, mushroom uh, supplier where we get our Swiss browns or the mm. Portobello's, yeah. and he said, John, these i got a, a bargain for you, and they are beautiful. I've never had these before. Yeah. I've always looked at them and said, well, do I really want to eat them? But yeah. uh, Robbie next door is on sick leave at the moment, said to me, tear them, don't cut them. So we went home last night. Frank had already had a beautiful roast ready to go under the table. So we had to delay dinner five minutes, so we tore them and fried them in butter and oil. Um, I would have liked to put a bit of soy, but I didn't bother because that's normally what I do with the king oysters. Yeah. The soy just gives it that little kick. Yeah, it lifts it up a little um, bit. But, yeah, and we're selling these uh, at the wholesale price. These normally, it's a half kilo tray. Um, normally, re- wholesale's at 12. We're selling them retail at 12. So that's a gift. That's um, good. Yes, yeah, so get in and try them. So the oysters are really sort of more about a really, really beautiful texture rather than... Like, you know, if you compare it to a porcini, yes. that, it doesn't have that pungentness. Yes. So it's a very a subtle, but subtle you know flavor. you're eating a beautiful, beautiful soft mushroom. Mm. And uh, I, I was impressed, I must admit. Butter, pepper, soy. That's what yeah. I'm thinking. Yes, definitely. And don't go chilli. No, and no salt. Just a little yes, bit of soy. All right? That's what we do with the king oysters. All right. All right. So... Uh, also, we've moved into uh, uh, six million capsicums. We've got they're all mild. We've got um, here. We've only got two little baby ones, but we got three or four colours. We got one bright orange, one bright yellow, one bright red, and some are green. And they're the size of an egg. Yes. Um, now they're very good to chop up and throw in a salad, or cut the end off and put a little bit of stuffing inside, and either put them in the oven or fry them in beautiful olive oil. Mm. Um, and then we've got the beautiful. What would you stuff them with? Well, we always use our uh, breadcrumb filling. Uh, we use that everywhere. Some people use rice. Some people use meat. Just tell them what the filling is again, because oh. it's so good. Panko breadcrumbs, yep. plenty of garlic. Parsley, salt, pepper, currants. crushed walnuts, currants or sultanas. Mm. Shove it in. You use a bread crust as a, um, um, well, I'll be rude, a butt plug. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> well, you, you've got to be to the point. <laughs> it stops everything coming out. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yes, a piece of bread. <laughs> I will never look at bread the same. <laughs> the crust of the ciabatta, yes, okay. all right? Yeah, um, and when you fry it, the crust also sucks up a little bit of the oil. And when you yeah. eat it, the oh. flavours that have come out of the capsicums, sorry, guys. And mint uh, as well. <laughs> it, it, well, no, nah, not for me, but for you, yes. Why well, not? Uh, if we go a little bit south from Italy, that's sort yeah. of what they do. Yeah, someone was telling me that yesterday, you know, you people in the middle of the boot can be a little bit plain sometimes. Oh, we, really? we like the flavours to come out. Yeah. And then we got and, these... And you'll fight anybody to, <laughs> to the death because of that, yeah? Yeah, of yeah. course. Oh. You know... And then we got these beautiful red capsicums that came out of South Australia. Uh, South Australia's compared to Queensland. They're both beautiful capsicums. Have they got differences, though? Uh, very much so. The yeah. Queensland ones can be bigger, rounder. Fleshier. Fleshier, yeah. more acid. Yeah. The South Australian ones, a little bit thinner flesh, thinner skin, more sugar. Got it. All right? So that's the difference. But both brilliant because we sell both uh, at different times of the year. And we have a feast. And then we've got bullhorn. Now, I didn't bring one around to show you, but I'm sure you saw them. I know them really, now, really well. We, thanks to you, John. We have uh, red ones. Yeah. And we have green ones that came out of um, um, New South Wales. And we have beautiful, bright, orangey, yellowy ones that came out of Queensland. Pop quiz question. Do you know which one of those has the most vitamin C? Um, 
probably the yellow one. Yeah, you know? yeah it does. Anyway, so you got all those, and they and they all have different flavour profiles. Yeah, all sweet though, no heat at all. Yeah. We like to stuff them, and uh, again, you know, you get the texture, but they're beautiful grilled. Um, my great customers have all been buying them. I said, you're going to do them tonight? No, no, we take them to mummy. Mummy's going to do them for us. So, you know, don't lose mum or grandmum's recipe because, you know, the way they cook, it's to die for. We oversimplify or we over um, go overboard sometimes with the flavourings and we lose the original um, recipes and it's not good. And I was just going to add, if, if mum or grandma hasn't put down those recipes... She needs to do her homework and write it down for your cultural traditions. Better still, go and sit down with Grandma and write it down and have yeah. a cup of coffee or, or something while you're doing it. It's mm. the best way. And if you haven't got a Grandma, go and find someone else's Grandma. <laughs> Don't be shy. Yeah. You know, the old girls, most of them will give you the recipes. Some can be a little bit hard. I had an old lady in Port Melbourne wouldn't give me her uh, cake recipe. The beautiful seagulls are waiting for food. Yeah. Um, yeah, so she took the recipe with her, which is tragic. Oh, that is tragic. It is. So now you know where you are in Tomato City. So I've got these two tomatoes here. Um, these are a couple of the biggest smooth skin smoothed skin tomatoes I've ever seen. Yeah, well, it's the biggest I've seen for a long time. When I was younger, Dad used to buy them um, because our Greek customers always wanted the big, juicy tomatoes because it reminded them of home. So um, about 400 grams? Yeah, Joey, throw that on a scale. We'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah. Um, uh, we, we've been spoiled because we've got beautiful cherry truss. We've got mini Roma truss. We've got beautiful big black Russians. We've got um, an heirloom variety that's like the South Australian. Um, we've got the real South Australian tomatoes. Yep. We've got some bright orange ones that came out of Queensland and they're all exceptionally tasty. And then we've got our beautiful Murray Bridge. Mm. People have been starting to ask me already about Doncaster. Yeah, and got, so, you know, and, and look at this, 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 how many on? we got here? We got three, six, eight on this truss. Little, little Romas. Um, they're like are, a Christmas decoration. They really, really are. Small eggs, and I mentioned the sweetness in these, if you roasted these, these up. Yes, yes, these compared to the round ones. These are softer skin, juicier and sweet. Yep. The round cherry tomatoes are harder skin, more crunch, more acid, but a bang flavour. This, this is made to break down into a paste. Definitely. In fact, they're called paste tomatoes, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, and we, yeah, and we did them with eggs a couple of weeks ago and it was magic. They were supposed to go on a pizza last Monday, but it was too hot. <laughs> too good. So, yeah, get into the tomatoes. Yeah. Uh, we're going to have plenty next week for Christmas. We've still got asparagus, thank God. Yeah. That's a gift from oh, God. Yeah, we, we were wondering about that. Yeah, we got fat asparagus. Normally, by this time, they're small and spindly. Yeah. Half kilo, that tomato. Cherries are starting to look good. There's some good-sized ones for 15 bucks over there. Yeah, good size, good flavour, 15 uh, up to $40 for beautiful white cherries, but it's a modern white cherry. It's not sour. Yeah. It's a sweet one. Um, I saw a fruit yesterday that looked like a custard apple, but it wasn't. Um, Michael said he knew the name in Indonesian, but he couldn't tell me the English name. Not a sapoti. I, I thought it might be the sapoti, but I'm not... Yeah. You know, I've only seen photos of them, but this was a big one. Soursop. Yeah, maybe a soursop. Soursop, make yeah. great daiquiris. Yeah. See if you can get one. Well, when we finish, we might go across road and steal one and see if we can Soursop margarita. Yeah. Depending on um, the spirit you use. You mangoes know, are everywhere. There's mangoes in three or four different varieties at that. Find the ones you like. Because well, I, I, I only go, like KPs. Me too. Well, gosh, we agree on something. Yeah, thank God for that. Hey. You know, we, we've had them coming out of our uh, eyes because we've eaten so many, which oh. is good. Oh, good. I'm glad you said eyes. What about this baby? Don't forget about this baby. You want to tell people what this is? It's a little floppy piece of uh, artichoke. No, it's, um, it's a, a side shoot artichoke. It's a side shoot artichoke. Um, um, a, a size of a very, very small egg. I imagine you're going to tell me that if you just whip the top off this, this is going to pickle up beautifully. Yes. And everybody will be very happy. Franca threw three of them in a roast and they got cremated and Joey says, you cremated them. But I said, you peel back the dry bits and you eat the heart. The flavour is sensational. Because it's got all that time to, uh, to concentrate. Well, you know what? We're going to have to draw this to an end. Um... John, I just want to thank you for, first of all, putting up with me just coming in Sundays and shoving this thing in your face and us having 
another year of great conversation and great laughs as well. Great laughs, as was proved just before. Um, thank you for being a part of this show for the year. Um, we look forward to speaking to you next year. So do I. And have an awesome... Well, you're not really going to be on holiday. Oh, it's going to be an eating holiday, mate. <laughs> Definitely. We're closing down Christmas Eve, the 24th. Yep. And we'll be back at it again on the 10th of January. Mm. Hopefully with a little bit of vigour because we're getting tired. Um, we've been putting in a lot of hours, which has been good for everyone. Yes. Um, we've sourced some beautiful vegetables and that's what keeps us going. You know, the money is um, not of consequence. It is, but it isn't, if you understand what I mean. It's definitely about the food. It helps, but when I see a twinkle in your eye still, after all these years when you show me great produce, it makes my heart sing too. So if you're around, come and say g'day to John during January. Uh, It's Tomato City. It's an eight shed. And you'll see the sign. We had it printed up the other day, 73 years. Hey, beautiful. And you got your triple R stickers yeah, up there. Yeah, the triple R stickers there as well. Well, thanks for being a part of it for so long, and we look forward to seeing you next year. Thank you, John. Thank you. I wish everyone good health and a good Christmas. Jeez, you even got a horn section in. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Nice work. Yeah. Uh, And that horn section, of course, is to Harold, uh, one of the great wine communicators of uh, of this age, the modern era here in this country. Max Allen, a very, very good afternoon to you. And thank you so much for coming in and being a part of this last show of the year. I am going to insist on a horn section now everywhere I go. There was at least four horns in there, I reckon. Yeah, wasn't cheap. No, fair. That's what I need. Yeah, don't you think? Yeah, damn right. Beats banjos. Nothing beats banjos. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> I just thought I'd make a provocative comment. We get horns comment. and banjos together. How would that sound? Together, dreadful. dreadful. Together at last. It'd, it'd, it'd turn you to drink, I reckon. Don't it you might. And what a great idea. Let's it's just it's do something. As, it's not as glamorous and romantic as the old cork pop. And music. yet, it has become a thing, um, a herald of. Things to follow, uh, just as much so as a popping cork. That sound of crack, the screw, the screw cap crack. Well, it's just you just got to practice a bit more, Max. I'm still getting over. Things. I'm still getting over, John. Sorry. Yes. Could, oh, John! Could, you, could you have given us a little bit of a warning? That we, that was did. Com- that the- <laughs> we did. We did at the beginning of the Boy, show, saying kids. Oof. Put the kids out and in the road. That is an image I will never get out of my brain. I know, I yeah. know. And he go and the worst thing, he almost censored himself, but yeah. then he just <laughs> He just went. He just thought, out. what the hell? If you've just joined us, you are listening to Eat It on three Triple R FM. My name is Cam Smith. Across from me, I'm delighted to say I'm Matt Stebbin for the last time of the year. And Max Allen is here and actually as well as having a bit of frivolity and good times, we're actually here to talk about the most pressing matter to humanity in this age it's almost got to the stage where i don't want to talk about it anymore well it's sort of like the the reality of the political system in up in the north don't start me on that yeah i know i know don't talk about it's the sun is still up you're not allowed to talk about politics okay so so climate change obviously is what we're here to talk about well the the reason that i've got you here is that um the winemakers themselves have been at the at the very front of observation of, of observable variance in things. We talk about them being the canary in the coal mine. Cliche, sorry, Matt. But it's you true. sit above the whole thing and have been a witness to all of this. And I thought it would make sense to have you in to maybe discuss this. So people have been talking about this in in wine circles for. Oh, more where 20, 30 years. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, a viticulturist, uh, a guy who specialises in grapevines, who he remembers talking about climate change and the impending apocalypse that it, that it meant for the wine industry around the world mm. uh, in Bordeaux in the 1980s. Yep. And he said at that point, and he was a, he's a very controversial guy, Richard Smart, and he likes to stir the possum anyway. So you can imagine a room full of French winemakers, right? And <laughs> yeah. all arms crossed. Hey, what is this bloke? He, and he said, within our lifetime, is he he's from New Zealand originally, but he's been in Australia for a long time, living in England, just come back to Australia. Um, but he's just, he, and he said, in our lifetimes, you will be growing Grenache 
in Bordeaux. Now, Bordeaux <laughs> has been growing Merlot and Cabernets and uh, for hundreds Since of years. Hundreds of years. Why would we change this? And nothing has changed. This no. is the whole point of the French wine system is that there is rules in place that say what you can grow where to make wine, right? Yes. So the idea that you will be growing a hot climate grape variety in a, in a climate like Bordeaux is that they said this is ridiculous. Well, you, let's go back to where the Appalachians were uh, were made in what was it, the 1930s. But that, but that was That based, was the latest one. There was, that was one in the 19th century. based on century. hundreds of years yeah. of, of okay. tradition, right? So, yes. So the idea you will be growing a climate from outside, the, uh, a grape variety from outside the Bordeaux region in Bordeaux mm. 30 years ago was just ridiculous. Anathema and ridiculous. Last year year, the winemakers in Bordeaux all agreed that climate change was so serious that they have to allow new grape varieties into the Bordeaux Appalachian. And one of them is not Grenache, but it's another one called Tariga, which is from Portugal. Tariga. So that's how dramatic... Now, that, to Australian ears, that doesn't sound all that dramatic, but I cannot emphasise how fundamentally uh, powerful that is to get a French wine region to accept that things are so difficult that what we believe to be the status quo is changing and they're going to have to import these new varieties. Now, in Australia, we don't have those uh, restrictions. We can plant no. whatever grape variety. If you want yeah. to plant Grenache in Tasmania, you go, go for right your life ahead. sport. Yeah. So we have the flexibility yes. to say, well... You know, and, we don't, and we're not stuck in the rigidity of the system. Absolutely not. Yeah. As, you can do anything in Australian wine as long as what you say you do is actually what you do. So if you put a grape variety name on a label, you, that actually has to be the grape variety that, that you made that wine from, that kind of thing. But yeah, there's nothing on. stopping you growing anything anywhere. So we've been able to... Australian grape growers have been able to say the climate's changing... The, the dates that we used to pick the grapes have come forward by four to six weeks. And that's something we've noticed on this show, um, doing it, it over, because we've got 32 years of experience yeah, of talking so about So when you vintage. started, yeah. people in southern Victoria, around Melbourne, would yep. be picking their Pinot Noir, let's say, in March and their Cabernet in April, May. Everybody would be freaking out about the, the Cabernet still out in April, e exactly May. Exactly right. They're yes. not getting ripe enough yeah. yet, right? Yeah. Now, that Pinot is coming off in February mm -hmm. and the Cabernet is coming off in March. And, and everything's coming off together as well. So That's what happened a couple, panic. couple of years ago. That was it. insane, wasn't yeah. it? Yes. That's what happened a couple of years ago. And then yep. 2017 came along and it was like you're back to the early 90s again. Everybody yes. was sitting around twiddling their thumbs. Yes. Right? And everybody was going on with the climate. It's weird. So there's been this incredible change in Australia in the last – that I've been writing about wine, 25 years that you've been on air, 30 mm. years, that people have, have said, well, we just need to think about what we're growing. We can't grow these grape varieties anymore. Let's look at new grape varieties to grow that are more appropriate for the climate and yes. the setting. Yes. So we've spoken about it a lot, you know, the southern Italian grape varieties that people are planting. So Fiano, Montepulciano, Nero d'Avola, those kind of grape varieties from the south of Italy. A couple other ones, yeah, the uh, Fiano, Tinta Barocca and... Tinta Barocca from Ar Portugal. Arinto. And Arinto, exactly right, yes. from Portugal again. So, yes. so these are grape varieties that are from parts of the world that they really don't mind a bit of heat. Yes. And they don't mind not having too much water. Where does Tempranillo fit in, in that Tempranillo thing? is grown right – it's like the Spanish version of Shiraz in that it's grown right across Spain yeah. and it produces everything from the cheapest reds to the most expensive uh, Complex sort and yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Tempranillo, it's it's kind of a moderate climate. It's not doesn't like huge heat, but mm. it certainly appreciates uh, a lot more heat than, say, Pinot Noir. It, it, it can handle it. And, it can handle it. And one of the things is Matt and I were doing our windscreen chat on the way in because we, we drove in together. Um, but we talked about uh, one of the things that is going to be a tricky thing for winemakers, but we've, we've got form in this, is that we've already moved from a lot of the – um, the French stalwarts of the of the wine because that's where we were looking in the early mm -hmm. days, and we've moved to Italian varietals and some Spanish varietals, but there will be more, and it's going to be the trick is to get the Australian wine consumer to start understanding these new grapes and putting their hands in their pockets to buy them. Yeah, but they already are. I yeah. mean, it, it, it's in in the early eighties. Chardonnay was considered an up and coming alternative grape variety. Yeah. And Sauvignon, Sauvignon Blanc. Blanc was considered uh, the kind of the big new thing. And now it's Pinot Grigio. 
Yeah. Now everybody knows Pinot. You can get Pinot Grigio on cask, for God's sake. Yes. But when I started writing, when you started on air, Pinot Grigio was this, you know, interesting new grape variety that nobody was planting or, or making. I think Tegallant was one of the first it ones. Ta- to- exactly right. So it takes a generation for the, some of these things to come through, but we might not have a generation. That's the point. You know, the, the things are changing now so rapidly. And with Mildura, for example, where a lot of grapes are grown, heading for 47 degrees this coming Friday. Uh, this week? Yeah. Yeah, the, the week coming up, we're looking at records falling. And let's not even talk about the poor New South Welsh and Queensland grape growers who've been just suffering through the last uh, few years of drought. I was speaking to a grape grower from the Granite Belt recently. Yeah, where's the Granite Belt? Is in or right on the border. So the border of New South Wales and Queensland runs straight in from the coast, runs west, and then yeah. it does this little dip. And that's the, where the Granite Belt is, Stanthorpe. So right. it's just over the border in Queensland. It's high up. And it's beautiful granite oh, soil country. Cool nights, so because yeah. it's a thousand meters above uh, sea level, they get the cool nights. Yes, traditionally cool night ripening, and they get a little <laughs> bit of rain, but not a huge amount. But they not for the last few years. Mm-hmm. And so there's vineyards that are really serious, and that's before the smoke. That's one thing I've got yeah. right at the very, very top of this smoke taint. What what are we looking for 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 the vintage? I mean, the hunter has been uh, the the regions around the hunter have been on fire for wow. What time is it now? Yeah, well, oh, I don't know, a month. Weeks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I remember the um, the fires um, around King Valley, mm. um, which wiped. There was no vintage mm. for that year, and that was not as big an event as been taking place in the north. Will we see a vintage in, from in a some lot of these places, places like the Granite Belt? No. No. Uh, and then you've also got issues like down south here in, in Victoria, we've been kind of basking in this beautifully mild, in fact, quite chilly mm. spring yeah. <laughs> with these little spikes of heat. Yeah, we, we, That's we, going to change looking, over the next few weeks. Looking forward with great fear. That, again, brings its own problems because that, that period of this of cold, of cold weather, hot, hot, cold, 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 is when the little baby bunches are forming on the vine. Yes. The flowers are coming out. But burst has happened. The and you get, you get uneven fruit set and things like that. But the, the problem with smoke is more in terms of the wine is more when the smoke happens later in the season gotcha the the issue is that this is unprecedented this kind of smoke load and and the effects of heat and drought now that that is going to uh limit the the crop before you've even started talking about smoke taint flavor wise it's pretty it's pretty pretty bad it's a serious mum it is and that's uh, and again this is uh, this is why uh, we got you in so as well as Changing varietals, we haven't even got into the whole thing of how some areas will just be kaput for growing some some Mm -hmm. wines. There are other things that we have to think about. Canopy management, which could ameliorate and help. Yep. Deep mulching. Yep. Retain moisture. What else can... There's so many things that have been happening. So one of the interesting things is, as I said, people have been talking about this for decades. I remember Mm. a a climate scientist... um, uh, getting up and uh, 20 years ago and talking on stage in front of a wine industry uh, group and saying, if you don't change, if you keep businesses as normal, the wines that you're making now will be unrecognisable in 20 years. Yep. And what's happened every year, people have had these little incremental changes. So actually the wines for the last few years in Australia have never been better mm. despite the changing climate because people have been mulching. They've been literally changing the way that the ro- vine rows run. Uh, running, yes, right? I've heard of this. So you traditionally plant north... South, South yes. so the vine rose. So the western side of that vine canopy just gets fried yeah. in, in summer, right? So if you plant east-west and you hang the canopy over on the northern side to kind of protect the grapes, yes. you ameliorate the effect of that sunshine. So things like that, moving south, hmm. investing in Tasmania, <laughs> moving to places where you're surrounded by water, which kind of moderates the effect of, of uh, uh, temperature changes and fluctuations. So many things you can do. Sunscreen. Have you come across this? Yeah. So you, yeah, the you spraying can, on You the can sunscreen. spray yes. this kind of clay on the outside of the grapes. Oh, it's a clay-based, isn't which, it? Which forms this sunscreen on the grapes. So there are so many things you can do. But 1.5, 2.5 degrees climate change, yeah. you are talking about whole regions just not being viable. Again, paraphrasing, we have two choices, all move to Tassie or try to adopt to a hotter, drier climate. And one of the things that people are doing is looking back at what Australia's been doing for the last 100 years. What have we Because been doing? there are grape varieties that have been grown here for 100 years that have thrived yeah. through temperature change. Think St. Hubert's Such in Yarra Valley. Grenache, for example. Hey. So I think if you look back on the last <laughs> you look back on the last ten years of yes. Australian wine, mm. there's a number of trends that have been uh, really uh, outstanding, and one of them is the renaissance of the Grenache grape. So ten years ago, 
Mm. People were making some really great Ooh. Grenache, but it tended to be kind of big and fat and rich and sweet Jesus. and oaky, right? Yeah. Um, but Bl- in the last, as Herman Schneider would say, blousy, bla- very blousy wines. Blousy. In the last five or so years, a lot of winemakers have gone. Actually, look, this grape variety. If you think about it more like Pinot Noir, you pick it a bit more early. You put some whole bunches <laughs> in the fermentation. You emphasise the fruit and the brightness and the freshness. Mm. You come up with a wine that is distinctly Australian. That's grown from a grape variety that loves the, <laughs> loves the heat. Grenache is, is thrives in the southern Europe, in the southern Rhone, in Spain. Yes. So it's a grape variety that has lasted here for so long. Let's make a big thing of it. So the wine that I'm showing you here is called Soldier's Land. It's produced by Richard Terra Wines in hmm. South Australia in the Riverland, which is one of these regions that is seriously thinking about its viability in the future. The vines are 90 years old. They were planted by... Uh, soldier settlers, so returned servicemen and women coming back from the First World Paraphrase War. Paraphrase all those poor bastards. Yep. It's like, here we go, we're going to give you a really small amount of marginal land, lots of luck. And irrigation. Yeah. So what they had is the, is the relatively recent irrigation scheme mm. on the Murray. Mm. So uh, cheers. cheers. And so this is an example, I think, of thinking long term. You know, let's not think about the next five years of Australian wine. Let's not think about what's trendy now. Let's think about how we can set Australian wine up to last for another 90 years or more. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, that's that's great. I was going to say almost I, I was going to do the Humphrey, Sir Humphrey, and go courageous thinking, Minister. <laughs> Uh, that's because what we need. That's what I know, we need. I know. But, but okay, so but having said that, uh, and a quick analysis, yes, the winemakers can look forward um, to intergenerational Unfortunately, the problem is these people (laughs) that we have running the thing can only look just a little bit past their nose. That's right. So the Australian wine community have to uh, take it upon Mm. themselves to make these changes. It's good, isn't it? It is quite alcoholic. It's about 14.5%, but it's still got brightness and freshness. It's bright as... Bro. And it's a wine that was grown in a region that is oh. mostly associated with cheap cask wine, right? Mm. So it's people like Ashley at Richaterra who are doing these things to say, well, that's not the only future for this region. We also can do this, lower yields, higher price, higher yep. value, higher quality. There's bigger changes, though, that need to be made. Absolutely. Right? And so this is, I think, what's going to happen in the relatively near future is wine is going to be targeted as, as a luxury, unnecessary product. Really? Yeah, when you think about luxury, <laughs> luxury is not going to be about money. It's going to be about environmental impact and, and uh, emissions. Okay. And so, so wine, unfortunately, no? No, no we'll, we'll fall into that category. absolutely is going to fall into that category. Oh, God. How can the wine industry prove its environmental credentials by reducing emissions, by it, limiting its impact on the environment? So you're going to have, I think, moving away from glass bottles. Richard Smart, again, has been writing about this recently. How can the wine industry reduce its carbon emissions dramatically to prove that it's a good corporate and global citizen? We'll find out more about this after we take a quick break and maybe I ask uh, Max about how Great Britain could be the great champagne green region (laughs) in the world and and what Brexit will mean to that too because Matt brought that up. 12.45 here. Uh, Don't forget Sebastian is going to be coming on soon. But we'll be finishing up with Max after Matt gives this away. Yeah, well, now that Max has brought us all down with the depressing news, I'm going <laughs> to cheer you up with a giveaway. Yeah. Uh, Cam, on Sunday, January 12th at Werribee Park. So, French is so January chic. January 12th. I think I'm free. Yeah, yep. cool. That's uh, in a few weeks' time. What did so, you say it was called? So, French is so chic 2020. Returns, That's catchy. Yes. Uh, it's a day of the best in French music, food, and wine, featuring uh, a whole pile of artists. Go Town Project on a DJ set could be kind of cool. Mm. Uh, we got a double pass to give away. If you're free on, uh, what was it? It was Sunday, January the 12th. 12th. And you're a Triple R subscriber. Give us a ring right now, 93881027. Cam, you're going to say something? There'll be lots of runny brie. I hope so. I hope. I hope so. I hope the is good. Uh, give us a ring now. We'll give you a double pass and we'll be back with Seb after this. Okay. Hey, look up for my glass over there. Yes, sir, Jimmy. What sort of drink you want? What sort of drink you want? Make it a double. Yeah. Right, somebody got somebody to sing? Somebody sing? got to sing? Let's huh? drink. Cheers. Cheers. It's a Double shot Sunday. <laughs> Never thought I'd say that. Oh, God, I'm going to have to put more money in the cliche jar. Um, Seb Rayborn's here. Uh, the, I can. Nah. The, there's a muddling stick, Max. too. Should... Yes. He's in a muddle. He is. No, he's not. 
He knows exactly what he's doing. Oh, there we go. There's the answer is out. Um, we've just been finishing up with Max Allen, if you've just tuned up. It is the name of the show. My name's Cam Smith. Matt's just walking out the studio for some reason. Bye, Matt. Uh, okay, he's gone. And we were talking very quickly, just to finish this up, that um, areas are going to move. And one of the things that we see is a relentless heading northward in Europe. And it's just... A, Hysterical idea that the English are going to grow the grapes for champagne. Well, that, but they can't grow the grapes for champagne. I know. Champagne is, is from champagne. I'm, something but will go through Parliament <laughs> which will allow this to happen. Let's it has hope. to. Well, that, but who knows? But then Boris will might go... Once again, the sun is up. I'm, I will okay. not allow that man's name to be repeated. All right. I'm still so fucking angry. Sorry. Yes. Um, so... Um, <laughs> Driven, yes, driven English, to profanity, Max. English sparkling wine. Well, you know, these are desperate times. English yes. sparkling wine is definitely a thing. Yes. But that, uh, it, there's some amazing sparkling wines coming out of England. And not just sparkling wines, still wines. Yes. Chardonnay, Pinot Noir. You well, just, didn't, you didn't just one wait. Of them, one of them won and the French Absolutely. were apoplectic. Yeah. Yep. No, you, you just wait. English wine is going to be a big thing. However, mm. is it going to be okay to ship mm. large quantities of English sparkling wine in heavy bottles full of all that embedded carbon oh, okay, yes. to the other side of the world. Right. So I think we honestly need to be asking ourselves these questions. Mm. Uh, you know, th and, and this idea of that we can just open a bottle of something lovely from the other side and of the world and throw it over it our shoulder. Guilt. I, know, I is, know that's a terrible thought, is insane. Sebastian. Drink local. <laughs> drink the, local. Uh, drink, <laughs> think global, drink local. That's think what I'm global, saying. drink local. <laughs> How have you been? Welcome to the microphone. So, look, if you just joined us, it's the last show of the year. Uh, we've been talking about some weighty issues, which uh, Max, of course, elucidates beautifully. And now we thought, well, with Boris in and the world going as it is, we need a drink. We uh, definitely this need is a drink. for you, Max. Thanks. Uh, for, for all of us. Sebastian, how are you? I'm really uh, very good, Cam. It's been a great sort of end of the year, actually. I've been, this week, I've been doing a lot of events but one of the highlights was to hang out with Tim Entwistle at the Royal Botanical Gardens and talk about Australian native plants, plants that grow very very well on this continent <laughs> and that there is actually a tremendous amount of knowledge about how to grow them well and they're delicious. You know I sort of I'm coming to a full sip what you see sort of uh, idea of drinking in our fair country which i think is maybe mm -hmm. and dare i say you have absorbed it so well i was lucky enough to do an event with this man here where we grew botanicals at docklands for for a gin which was amazing you were like the richard attenborough <laughs> or david attenborough of botanicals my god anyway you you're pretty good at it what are you shaking up there so when it comes to plants, this is actually for fruit. This is my favourite time of year. And they, they're not going to be Australian native fruits, but they're really mm. delicious. So I'm shaking an apricot sour. We've just got the first sort of apricots of the season. Yeah. If you live in Victoria, the Victorian ones are much later. My mum always grows these, loads of delicious apricots. But again, not till sort of, you know, February when mm. they're ripe. There were these mutant ones oh, at, the, at the market. They were, they were huge. Almost too big. Too big. Too big. Too big apricots. <laughs> too big. Yeah, yeah. So you got your Boston shaker there. You've um, what's in the what's actually in there? So, so. Wow, this is sound effect city, isn't it? This really, is awesome. really. Are you thirsty really, yet out there? Really simple. Oh, is it good? Yeah, apricots. Yeah. And for gin. Just remember, around the desk. Otherwise, <laughs> I don't want. Yeah, last show. We're, we're passing it around well. the equipment. We yeah, a we little go. bit of yeah. sugar. There we go. Yes. And uh, also oh. in this one. Oh. A little yeah, bit of. Um, there we go. A little bit of marinette apricot liqueur. Mm. So, cheers. 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 Mm. So drink local, oh, drink God. seasonal. Is I that love what you're that. Saying? Mm. And it's the best time of year mm. to drink. Gee, that's that's beautiful. You know, this these. That's this, a nice this, bit of acid in there. I'll put a little bit of fresh lime, fresh lime in this mm, one, just to bring, just to just, get it mm. to pop. And, yet, and yet there's still those... Um, what do you think, Max? You tell you've got a oh, better power than I have. What I like about it is it is so fresh, isn't it? You can yeah. still taste the fruit. Yeah, oh, so totally. you've just got that lovely lovely seasonal fruit um, hit the flavour. And it's simple, but it's but it's not kind of boring. I mean, it's, or it's, cloying. It's, 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 it's direct, and the flavours are really direct and simple and yep. clear. And 
And all of these fruit go so well with gin. So obviously, it's you know it's a good a good time of the year for us as well because you know we we love to mix. I was at Dan Murphy yesterday and I saw your oh, yes. gin is uh, residing there. Quite nice. That's Anthogen, of course, which uh, won the. <laughs> The, the best gin in the in the world. No. In a, best gin in Australia. In so Australia. That, that counts as the yeah. world. But I it's there. It was there. I was I sort of had this date with a bottle of Perno yesterday. I was telling Matt about it. I just It's very easy to drink that stuff. On on warm days. Yeah, on warm days with ice and just, just a little, little bit ice, of water. Little water. It's yeah. lovely, isn't it? It's like I kept saying, Where are my gulwas? But yeah, anyway, sorry. Go ahead, I digress. And this comes back to what so, Your favourite botanicals. Well, but also my, myself and my wife, Dervla, and we co-distill anther. So we, this whole project we do together. But we worked in London for many years. That's how we sort of got into cocktails. This is quite a few decades ago met. now. Yeah. But um, one of the things, we worked with a lot of Brazilians. And if you're in Brazil, obviously, uh-huh. the, the drink of choice is a caprinha. Yes. And caprinha is just fruit. Fresh, fresh, fresh. With booze. Mm. You know, cachaça if you're in Brazil mm. and sugar, really, really simple. Mm. And that for me, I still feel is the most simple recipe for any good cocktail: good booze, good fresh fruit, and a little bit of sugar. And that's pretty much all you need. So we're matching fruit that we think go really well with gin, which this time of year is fantastic. Obviously, apricots, peach. I'm going to shake up a peach one in a minute. Oh, okay. Cherries, of course. We love we love our cherries. But I do want to tell one other thing. Oh, okay. If you're in Brazil and yeah. you go to a house party. Yeah. And I love this. Yes. It's, and it also talks to the transient nature. A- anyway, if you're at a house party, <laughs> they make a really big jug of a Caprinha cocktail. Yeah. And they start, you know, with lime, sugar, cachaça, and they muddle it all up. What's cachaça? It's, it's a sugar cane spirit Thank that's yep. famous to Brazil. Yep. And they pour it out. And when the jug's empty, they don't take any of the fruit out. They put more fruit in, more sugar, more cachaça, more ice. And they'll change fruit each time. Oh. And the idea is that this jug of cocktail... Becomes more and more. It's considered the soul of the party. And my favourite thing about it, obviously the flavours change every time you mix it up because it's slightly different fruit and all that sort of stuff, which means if you weren't there at that moment tasting that flavour, you'll never taste it again. Yes. And it's still practical. It's like life. Because if you make (laughs) a big jug, you can serve 10 friends on Christmas Day without actually having to do too much work. So it's both... Uh, you know, romantic and also fiercely <laughs> practical, which I love. So we obviously do it with gin. So I'm going to shake some... Yin and beautiful <laughs> yang. To some peach now. Uh, to, together. I, th- I think sales of jugs just went up across oh, Melbourne. Have. Yeah, even Everybody is going to go and get a big jug now. Big jug or you could book into Madame Brussels. I am definitely uh, doing that. You're getting Christmas a big jug? Day. I'm getting a big jug. What does it look like? It's a big glass jug. Glass jug? Yeah. Do you think? I like a glass jug. I'm, 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 I'm just thinking a like a beer jug. jug. That's fine. And whatever fruit, I think that's a lovely idea, this kind of yeah. building flavour through time yes. as well. So depending on what time you were at the party, you get a different yeah. flavour as well. Oh, I love you? that. I was here for the cherry bit. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. And if you're there right at the end, <laughs> yeah. you know, that's the moment Juicy where there's fruit. not really any fruit left. Yeah. There's still a bottle of something at the back of the cupboard, and that's really odd. Yes. But still delicious, hopefully. And dare we say it about, you know, one of the things we talk about so much on this show is uh, the notion of balance and harmony and getting that bliss spot in your cocktails. And whether it's a a margarita or a daiquiri or something that you're talking, it's about getting that fruit, acid and sweetness balance singing. And again, fresh fruit is there. Mm. You know, in season, fresh fruit, you know, it's ready. It's it's at its peak. Oh, wow. And... Is this white peach? Oh, I love white peaches. Yeah, it is white peaches. They are a huge favourite So we can, we can start making Aussie Bellinis. Mm-hmm. Just want to maybe run through what's oh. in that jug. Uh, just for the <laughs> listeners at home who okay. I'm sure are enjoying listening so to take us drink it. one peach. Yep. Two spoonfuls of caster sugar. Oh, my Lord. And about one and a half shots of gin. And um, like the, the juice of half a lemon. Oh, just under half a lemon. So a stingy half lemon. <laughs> so because of the sweetness of the... Um, and just crush it up. Shake it with some ice or in a big jug, six peaches, 
half mm. a bottle of gin, <laughs> you know, 12 spoonfuls of caster sugar and uh, three lemons. What if you don't have a muddling stick? What can oh, you make? The back, of, the back of the wooden spoon, anything that's... Or, or maybe even just uh, bugger it, just chop the top off the broom. <laughs> it's for a good cause, but you really need a piece of dowel. Oh. And the, the only other thing I'd say about the mm. peaches, it doesn't have gin, which is unfortunate, but you're right, Bellinis, just puree the white peach, one third white peach, two thirds sparkling wine or champagne. It's Thank just, you, Harry. Oh, so good. Harry When they're in bar. season, oh, love it. Yes. Yes, indeed. And uh, we look forward to speaking with you next year as to what you're up to. Max, <laughs> the sun rises. He's Sorry. happy. Yeah, <laughs> He's just the back of the studio with a cocktail. What's your favourite? That peach one is unbelievable. The peach is amazing. The peach is amazing. Yeah. The, the apricot, you started off strong, but then you threw the trump card <laughs> down with that, that peach. Um, yeah, get those things. Well, it's um, it's the end of the year, Matt. It is, and we end of the decade too. End of the decade. You were saying there's a lot of uh, radio stations and news people suddenly that doing of end of decade countdowns. Suddenly seem to have noticed this. We didn't do that. Uh, no, 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 we we haven't. <laughs> Thank you very, very much to all of you people out there. Thank you so much for tuning in on Sundays. I hope that we've made this a, a, just a really, really lovely, comfortable place to inhabit a huge thanks to all those people that have supported this fine august station during radiothon yes our best radiothon ever which is good over sixteen thousand subscribers now paid up in total to triple r it's um it's a good thing and you have a theory about this look i just think in 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 uh, increasingly tense times in the world tense and difficult times max perhaps we do just retreat back to community a little bit and maybe that's why people are supporting triple r it's a good thing we um, And one of the things that makes this show so great is the fact, well, you know, Matt and I just bang on, but it's the quality of the guests. Otherwise, it'd just be this laissez-faire thing. Yeah. Um, but uh, we've guests like Max Allen, with your perspective, thank you very, very much. You're welcome. Sebastian, you know you're always welcome here, buddy. A pleasure, Cam and Matt. And I'll see you for 30,000 Tasmanian cherries in about three weeks. We should also Ooh. mention something that's going to be happening on Australia Day. Well, yeah, so coming that's up... That's very important. Coming up over the next few weeks on AAA, you still get your food fix. You're going to be listening to Chow Down with Kerry O'Brien and Jane Wilson for the next four weeks. It'll be a really good fill. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just before we come back on the 26th of January, which is a date of increased focus indeed shall we say um neil and still here will be doing a special from treasury garden so whack that in your uh, diary now it could be a good thing to if you can't get down there at least to listen to and uh, for the last time this year we wave to neil and yes. say still here buddy and it's time as well as all the great shows this afternoon have a great show neil thank you matt thank for you, all new things thank you listeners and thank you to our two august incredible guests yes we'll catch you next year Thank you. Hi, this is Cam Smith, and you've been listening to the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink, broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia, every Sunday. Hope you enjoyed the podcast, and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website. 